0: I'm going to guess that Matt already told you his memory of that, or no? no I don't me. think so, yeah, no. no. <laughs> oh, jeez. See, I look, I'm going to look mean again now. <laughs> but um, uh, w- the way he tells the story is that uh, when he showed me the lyric, when he showed yeah me the singing, the vocal part for the song, that I said, oh, you're taking a, a, a really good song and you're ruining it. You're ruining it. And uh, and And now my version of that is, We'd been working on that song for something like a month. I think it was one of the earliest songs that sort of came together nicely quickly. And and the first month it was an instrumental song. There was there were no vocals. And the the first thing first time I became aware that there were going to be vocals is when someone made me import the vocals from a demo into what we'd done, and it, it sounded terrible because I mean. Yeah. They were just importing from another thing. So I said, "This uh, you're just this is ruining the song." So I did. I am not say I like Matt's vocals, and uh, I didn't say. But he, I, you know, at so at one really difficult point in High Violet, he used that as an, as an example of me bullying him, and because uh, I'd probably accused him of bullying me. But yeah, uh, so uh, it's like it's a funny memory. But I do remember being upset. Like, wh- why are you putting vocals on this?
1: This is such an elegant piece of music. I'm Christopher Hutton. And I am David Rapson. And for the next few minutes, we're living on coffee and flowers.
2: Boxer makes me think of a time Boxer when I was walking around Boxer. New York City Boxer. at 4 Boxer. in
3: the morning Boxer. and having a wonderful value. Boxer makes me think of a time when.
4: Piano, Bryce had that piano piece uh, that he recorded and Padma then orchestrated to it. And, and Brian, I can't remember, a lot of times Brian in the studio, he will try a lot of different things and maybe even re-drum things over long periods of time. Um, and eventually that that, you know, beat came, came in. And I think that's why it was a combination of just really loving the, ba- the, the core music and then Padma's orchestration and Brian's beat. It just was, it felt like an instrumental that could be on a record that was strong enough, you know.
5: Underline everything. I'm a professional in my beloved white shirt. Underline everything. I'm a professional in my beloved white shirt. I'm going down among the saints.
1: So there's a lot going on musically at the start of this song.
5: This is, I would say, I mean, this is this might sound like a inflammatory statement, but it, it's it's true. I'd say this is my favorite song intro ever.
1: <laughs> That's big.
5: Mic drop. Uh, it's it's just every time it comes on, it's so huge.
1: I love the drums. I love the swells, the big blooming sounds. Yeah, I think the strings are really ominous, and then the drums are really military. Yeah. It's kind of very marching bandy, which is bizarre but it works and then the piano riff that comes in, i always think it's it's kind of slightly hopeful it's Mm. it's when that comes in it feels it has a nice feel to it i think Mm. and then you know with the lyrics we obviously we very quickly established this this picture of someone you know someone a white collar worker sat at their desk the way the way Matt's phrased it, like, underline everything, I'm a professional, it always makes me think of, like, if you asked an eight-year-old what their dad does at the office, <laughs> like, what does just what does a generic, like, office guy do? They'd be like, ah, uh, they underline things. They, like, rustle papers. They, like, be have this on my desk by Monday. So it's just a very kind of, like, absurdist, like, silly, reductive. Like a caricature of like A caricature of, car- an adult. Caricature of like, of, of office life, I think. Him? That's what I get anyway. My dad always wears a white shirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then I, I guess my beloved white shirt is, you know, obviously you read that as, as sarcastic.
5: S- yeah, it's a super sarcastic look at the, the costume we all wear when we go to work. Yeah. Um, and then there's this line: "It's uh, I'm going down among the saints." It's a bit of a step out from what you expect your dad to be doing, isn't it? <laughs> um, again, I think super heavy on the sarcasm. This is like. Uh, almost like we were talking about Mistaken for Strangers, like projecting that there's a higher purpose there, projecting that there's something more important going on. Like, oh, at least I'm working towards something. My name's going to go down in history. I'm so good at what I do. It's super sarcastic. It's, it, for me, that's like someone just going, like, nothing I do really matters. Like, this, I, I have a pen pusher job. I, that's, I don't know, that's, that's the way I sort of got it because it comes in with such a bleak um, analysis of, like, being someone who, as you say, is like a white-collar job. And then the sarcastic juxtaposition of them going down amongst the saints just seems like so so much of a piss take you know
1: yeah i think yeah i'm going down amongst the saints may as well be like what the fuck am i contributing like right yeah what the fuck am i how am i going to be remembered after yeah.
5: being a middle manager in this branch yeah it's it's heavy on the sarcasm and quite quite bleak
4: It was one of those, you know, the Squalor Victoria, it kind of, this, you don't even really know what he means, or we didn't, I still don't really know what he meant by it, but it felt like a phrase that, you know, defined the record. One of the phrases that it's, it's like brainy, brainy, yeah. brainy, and it's just one of those like iconic sort of um, phrases. But there is, there's a lot of beauty in the, in, in the music and it's it's also sort of it's like winds and strings and bryce's um uh piano and then there's sub bass and and brian it's quite simple and there's no 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 you know there was again no effort to make it like a, a a normal rock song
5: raise our heavenly glasses to the heavens squalor victoria squalor victoria raise our heavenly glasses to the heavens squalor victoria squalor victoria
1: it's like a chant it is it's like obviously you know it's like these collisions of like the ideas of like squalor and victory i i kind of i imagine it to be it kind of speaks to that white collar culture of superiority and it kind of married to like libidinous success you know like a, like a kind of a wall street banker who's has this feeling of superiority but also kind of knows that what they do is ridiculous and they're just like, oh, they're just like congratulating each other on all the, all this money they've made, to what end is the kind of vibe I, I kind of feel to that. I,
5: I, I, I catch a drift. I picture like Wolf of Wall Street, like, yeah. uh, <laughs> um maybe not Jonah Hill, but like, uh, yeah, that kind of like, almost like slightly older, um, th- these guys aren't like bros at university. These are, these are guys... I don't know why I'm projecting such a male uh, environment, but I am, this feels, raise our heavenly glasses to the heavens, squalor Victoria, squalor Victoria, I I am picturing like an office full of dudes making money in blue suits, "Ah, it's very like, um, it feels quite patriarchal almost, I don't know, maybe I'm projecting too much, but yeah, I definitely get a vision of like um, this hollow victory of, uh, of working culture. Um, what the hell are they celebrating? Why? Why? Why are they raising their glasses to the heavens? Did they meet a deadline? Did they get, yeah. some, get some paperwork done really Great well? Great Q1
1: results. Well <laughs> done, guys!
5: Like, and again, it's the sarcasm of like celebrating these things like there's something that that's um, something that's meaningful when actually it's just we all got paid again today.
1: And I think it, that rings through the repetition as well. We you know raise our heavenly glasses to the heavens. It just it it kind of has a vibe of like delirium and just. Mm.
5: L- like in the repetition of mistaken for strangers, just again that yeah the same the same theme I guess. And one thing to add here is that like that chanting nature of it, that Squala Victoria, Squala Victoria. If, if you're ever at a, a national show, this is always one where people really get behind this one, like uh, the, the 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 chanting part of it, the sort of like it's 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 willful in that we know it's sarcastic but it's something that you can really like sing along to in a celebratory yeah, that's way
1: that's interesting isn't it
5: it's, it's hmm what is it it's like there's, there's there's a sarcastic nature to the lyric inherently but when you're there live um and you're singing along with all the crowd and with matt you forget that sarcasm I, well i do personally and, and i just put my heart and soul into that like
1: yeah it's just the shouting school of Victoria is simultaneously like we're all fucked, but also we're all <laughs> we're all here, <laughs> and like we can we can let like hold on to that, and we're all sharing it together. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> wow. it has the simultaneously bleak and but quite like a.
5: When you said that about us all being fucked but being together, I'm picturing those uh, classical musicians on the Titanic who just like keep playing <laughs> as it's going down. You know, like
1: well, it's, it's funny you mention that because also of Victoria. I just the imagery, just my mind completely just ping-pongs to like. You know when you break a bottle against a ship to Uh christen it. I just Squala Victoria just seems like perfect to that to me as well. Somehow
5: there's there's an inherent uh, yin yang to Squala Victoria, isn't there? Yeah. In the in the title and in that chant there. Squala Victoria. Squala Victoria. Out of my league, I have birds in my sleeves and I want to rush in with the fools. Out of my league, I have birds in my sleeves and I want to rush in with the fools.
1: Now, like at the beginning of this, you said that it's your Squallet Victoria has your favourite intro on the album. I That I would, is correct. I would go as far as to say, I think this is my favourite national lyric of of the whole discography. <laughs> we need like
5: a, a bomb sound there. <laughs> yeah, we do. We or a guess. klaxon.
1: We need a soundboard in this game. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, yeah, I just, I would love it. Like if I had to get, a national lyric tattooed on my forehead. I'm not a trap artist, so <laughs> I'm, I'm not into t- t- forehead tattoos, but if I did, it would be this. I don't know, it's just something, it's just such a beautiful image. Um, you know, the idea of wearing these like button down shirts, but all these wild and creative ideas are still in you and just kind of waiting to escape if you only could kind of let them out. You know, I, I, I want to rush in with the fools. Corporate culture, it, like it, it can be so self-serious and where it tends to reward like politeness and just being you know an, an adult and uh, you just want someone to fucking get on a table and rip their shirt off and like just be silly and be a be a child and like everyone's got their own shit going on and they're not talking about it they're just talking about whatever they they need to for work and there's this foolishness that just is in everyone's head but just tends to go missing and um yeah for me that that line is just this flood of there's, there's, there's all this like swirling creativity and reckless youthfulness inside this guy and but and he just wants to let it out absolutely um i guess out of my league is the only thing i haven't spoken to you there but well i'll, I'll pick
5: that up because it's, it's one that i really uh it sticks with me i they say out of my league i really think of uh imposter syndrome something that um something that i've i've probably had my brushes with and i think that a lot of people do um let me get. Uh, I'll just pull up a, a definition for anyone who's not who's not in the in the no imposter syndrome. Uh, it's the uh, psychological pattern in which an individual doubts their accomplishments and has a persistent internalized fear of being exposed as a fraud. That kind of like self doubt. Um, I think I've I've had that personally in professional moments when you get like. Uh, Promotions or like maybe jobs that you you go for a job and you, you don't expect to get it and then you you get the job and you're like God am I really gonna do this like you doubt yourself and um, out of my league is such a succinct way of just putting that and this very much to me is a song about um, the 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 pressure and the anxiety in the workplace and and maybe the question that it's even important at all and um, feeling out of your league in the in the workplace is something that I've I've personally felt myself and I think a lot of people do also
1: and. I think the majority. I think, mm. I think everyone feels that way. Like, what it doesn't matter what you're doing. You don't feel qualified to be doing it. You feel like it's just you're just waiting to be found out. We all just feel like a fucking idiot. We have these interior monologues that are ridiculous, and you don't feel like you really belong or that you should you should be there. But that and I, and that kind of creates a paradox in the lyrics because like there's this character who simultaneously feels like he. Isn't really shouldn't even really be have the responsibility of the job he's got, and yet he's also thinking about just wanting to fucking throw that job away and like let these birds out of his sleeves. It's kind of an interesting dynamic there. The
5: the the out of my league line uh, is an interesting one because it it's for the first time, and I think this character is someone that we brought across mistaken for strangers and in Squad of Victoria. This is the first time I feel any real sense of like real real sympathy or, or empathy for this person. I really feel like. They're a bit trapped and um and they're in a bit of a tough spot and um I don't know maybe not a tough spot you know they're employed they're not they're not breaking rocks in the sun they have a pen pushing job I guess yeah. but I just really feel for them I think that I think that that imposter syndrome or even just feeling a sense of like a little bit out of your depth in a job is something that I think a lot of people do and especially people who you know you push yourself to try and do well and it just that that line particularly i think there is there's a there are strings that come in around that time as well for out of my league it just really strikes me um, a, a real sympathetic moment on that on that on that line so yeah the, um, the
1: string build up in the second verse is incredible it's
5: beautiful and yeah I, I i share your real your real um affection for that moment in the song it's a it's a very dear moment uh, in the nationals catalog hey.
6: Those kind of just pairings of 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 the sounds of words um, are fun when when I can't think of anything else and it's just like well just just make up something new and and, and that will be a thing then right and so squalor you Victoria, just smash
1: them wo- yeah you yeah just like smash some words together and see
6: what. And the of words course. were chosen, you know, it takes forever. Like, to come up with the name Vanderlyle. it was months. It, I, it was like, I, I was kept trying to, I was, uh, anyway, that's a different, rec- we'll come to that on another record, mm. another <laughs> podcast. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so, but Squalor Victoria, I know, I know, like, you know, the, the word squalor is such a great word. Like, what is it? Because it means, it means sort of wealth, but also decrepitude and, and everything falling apart. So, I was, it was, I was a time where I had money for the first time. I was doing well as a job, but I was trying to get out of it and, and, um, and I'd made it, you know, I had, I was a creative director and I was, I was also a lead singer of a band, which at that point was maybe we might be able to be a real band. And it was like, in many, many ways I felt victorious yet, yet so depressed and just, just wanting, I also wanting to kind of needing a break from the band too. I think at that point after, well, Alligator we were we were chasing stuff so hard and trying to get attention. and we finally got some with Alligator, you know, and then we went on tour and and then the tour kind of was humbling um, um because uh, uh, clap your hands was 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 just was a much bigger band all of a sudden than we were for good for good reason because that, because they they just wrote a brilliant record. And so we were that going into this record and boxer was all trying to recover from that, it also felt like a last chance to, to be a band, like who puts out four records that kind of aren't that, don't, don't get much attention, you know, we'd made two that got none, one that got a little if this one didn't get a lot, it was over.
3: That's one of those ones where I think after years of loving the sort of chaotic nonsense of that song when I looked at it again in, in preparation to talk to you guys I was like, oh yeah, I see exactly what that's about Um and also, that to me, that song is, a, is such a good song uh, about exactly what he was feeling at that moment, um, the, the pressure of the record. I, I think that's why I, I, I said to you guys earlier that I was a little blissfully unaware of that pressure at the time, because I think now that I see, it's funny, you've made me sort of think about the songs in a new way. Um, I do see that, and how how clear that is in the lyrics. That sort of ang- a, a kind of career anxiety, I guess.
1: Yeah, I guess right. it's kind of a masculine thing, I suppose, to want to like hide that and maybe not tell your loved one <laughs> about how you're feeling I sitting there at, your was... desk at the desk. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I
3: think I was aware, but only to a degree. And also, I was having so much fun at work; I may have been sort of a little absorbed by my own. <laughs> By my own uh, life right then, yeah.
4: We weren't putting pressure on Matt to write it. Uh, and in fact, when Matt did write words to it and sing it, Peter Cadis that night, he, he said to the whole band, he's like, Matt, and he basically said, Matt, I think you just ruined this song. <laughs> and that was one of the, the kind of, at that time, because Matt and I were having some, I mean, it was like, you know, it's hard to finish a record. And I think we had had a few blow ups, but that one, it was very clear to me that he had just, made that song, you know? And so I kind of defended him. Those were, there's always something that brings us back together. So that was the thing at Boxer. where I said, no, he's just made this song, Peter, you're wrong. And, um, but yeah, it was, it was, he maybe did one or two vocal takes and that was it, you know? And we never, we never had the chance to figure out what it, like what we later figured out, which is that it could explode in the way that it does live. But I think I'm glad we didn't because on record that might be, sometimes those things don't really translate, you know? could be kind of bombastic or whatever,
5: so. 3.30 in the last night for you to save this, you're zoning out, zoning out, zoning out, zoning out. 3.30 in the last night for you to save this, you're zoning out, zoning out, zoning out, zoning out. This isn't working, you my middle brow fuck up.
1: Right, so like in the the first lines in this, I, it's such like a, an evocative song like I just imagine this guy sat at his desk at like 3.30 you know there's the all the main office lights have gone off there's mm. just the, the low level and I, I start to get this image of like I start to think of like Razor Heavenly Glass the Heavens is happening in like the manager's office it's all these guys like holding up these things and he's just there just on his own behind this desk and it just seems like you know he's got this deadline looming but he can't he can't concentrate he's just had this where he's like I, I can't do this anymore
5: <laughs> it, it does feel like a Cracking under the pressure moment. Um, it could be a deadline. It could be a pitch. It could be a, I don't know, something. Whatever he's working on, and and, and definitely, you know, I, this is when Matt is like, is at his best when he writes lyrics that evoke something in everyone. I think in the same way that a lot of people can relate to the earlier sort of like, um, the, the 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 pressures of the job we spoke about earlier in the song. I think a lot of people, regardless of what industry you work in, are going to listen to this song and hear that line about. the last night for you to save this zoning out zoning out you know there's a lot of pressure to save this whatever it is whatever you're working on in this moment You've got to put it together. You've really got to do it. And it's 3.30. Why the fuck is it so late? It's, it's like, I remember, th- this reminds me of like uh, revising the night before an exam. And you're like, you, you, you're trying to patch together what you're going to write in the morning. And you're like, it's 3.30. I'm now balancing my, my research and revision time against the time I want to sleep. This isn't going to work. Fucking, and then you're just spiraling. And then you're just, you know, And I think it's one of those things that, and it's one of those times when Matt has really struck something universal and everyone who hears that can just relate and be like, fuck, that is a horrible situation.
1: Do you think as well that it's like, Almost wanting to burn out on some level. Like you've left, you've left it t- too late. You've left it till three thirty, and you're just zoning out and zoning out. And you know, you, you know, you fucked it. You know, you're gonna miss it. You know, you're probably gonna get fired. But you're almost like let, just letting it happen because part of you wants out anyway.
5: Self-destructive. Yeah.
1: Oof. Yeah. And then, uh, then we finish with this isn't working. You, my middle brow, fuck up. Like, obviously, it's a really strange syntax on that line. This, you, my middle brow, fuck up. Uh, you know, this is the this is the narrator talking to themselves. I think, and I've always just read it as like he goes to say this isn't working. You fuck up, and then but he like catches himself and is like, no, you can't stop speaking in second person. It's not you. It's my my take ownership for your like, your fuck up.
6: Yeah, it's. I mean, I, I a lot of songs are I'm I'm looking in the mirror, writing them. You know, I'm I'm very much the Travis Bickle of of songwriters, (laughs) you know? Um, so, so like, yeah, the, the, you, my middle brow fuck up is definitely like, like I'm talking to myself you, you fucking idiot, you know? Uh, well, here you are again, you fucking idiot. That's basically, um, that, um, I like to point specifically at people in the audience and like, I picked them out. You, like you're the one (laughs) middle brow fuck up in the crowd and it freaks people out. Um, but, uh, yeah, almost all my, all my meanest lyrics are always
5: about me. You know, I think one main difference between um, Squalor Victoria on the album and Squalor Victoria live is that in uh, in any concert, anytime anyone's been to a national concert, you'll know that at the end of Squalor Victoria is a huge like uh, Matt is Matt is screaming. It's when people go a little bit more nuts, um, and yet it's 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 not there on the record and. Um, yeah, it's just an interesting difference from Squad of Victoria Live to Squad of Victoria on the record I think the pulling in different
6: directions musically from what I am everywhere I was my tendency you know and I also wanted to didn't want to give the label a song with me screaming on it because I knew that would be the one they wanted to push and um and I didn't want to be I didn't want to be that band you know and uh, um I wanted to I wanted to be a different a different kind of band than like the screamy guy I was tired of screaming and so whatever it was um so Yet, Squalor. Vic- it's funny now. Squalor Victoria has this massive explosion scream we do at the end live. That's not on the record at all. So, I was definitely withholding. I, the, the, some of these songs wanted so bad to to explode, and, and and wanted, and I wanted so bad to scream on some of them. But I think I purposely was like denying that and withholding that. I just, out of spite, almost. I was I was, I was mad at all the screaming. I was mad at all the like exposure and, and me having to flail around on stage uh, to to get any attention. I was kind of bitter. I wanted to like, I wanted to, I wanted to hide a little bit. But yet the music was. Blooming, you know, with, with, with all the influence of all the people that we were with Sufyan living in the neighborhood and everybody doing it. So it was interesting. Um, yeah, I was, I was going into a shell and they were coming out. Yeah. 3:30 in the
2: last night for you to save the zone zone 3:30 in the last night for you to save the zone of nine, zone, of nine, zone, of nine, zone of This isn't working, you my little bride fuck up.
5: Coffee and Flowers is brought to you by Vero, a subscription-based social network which respects your privacy and doesn't sell your data to advertisers. Follow Coffee and Flowers and Vero to find and search all the songs, books, films, and other things that we reference in each of the episodes. Download Vero for free on iOS and Android. Go to get.vero.co slash coffeeandflowers. That's get.vero.co slash coffee, A-N-D, flowers.
1: Coffee and Flowers is hosted by Christopher Houghton and David Rapson and produced by Christopher Bolson. Julian Wharton composed the theme and engineers the show at the Bison Room in London.